0: Good morning, adventurers. How is everybody? Great to be with you this morning. Please be seated. If you're visiting, I'm Scott. I'm one of the pastors here. And today we begin a new series called The Voice. And today we're going to talk about hearing God's voice and responding, having the guts to respond to God's voice. And I don't know about you, but are, do you find yourself differently affected by different voices? How about the voice of your coach? Remember that coach from high school? Or the voice of your of a grandparent. Or the voice of a parent, your mom. Mom's voice does get our attention, doesn't it? Or voice of dad. Or the voice of a sibling, a brother or sister can sometimes encourage or get under your skin, right? Different voices affect us differently. This morning, I want to talk about hearing God's voice. And personally, Melissa and I, just in the last couple of weeks, we were downtown Sacramento. We were on a date. It was so fun to be together. We finally got to get away and just someone gave us a gift certificate to Mulvaney's. Have you ever been there? We got to have dinner in that little quaint little kitchen spot. We had dinner in the kitchen. It was kind of interesting and it was fun. It was a great time. But before we got there, we had a little time before our reservation and we... We're out walking, and we saw a family that looked like they were in duress, a whole family. And we just, they were right in front of us. And so I said, Melissa, we need to talk and talk to them. So we just went up and said, what's going on? And they said, well, we're from Louisiana. We came here to get our, have our son get some treatment at a clinic in Rancho Cordova for his autism. And they said that they'd have housing for us, and there's no housing. So we're stuck here two days. It was Friday night. They didn't have housing until Monday night. And I'm like, oh, my word. Uh, and, you know, don't misunderstand. I'm, I'm not uh, what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> right? Oh, just me. Sorry. I just didn't feel it. <laughs> and uh, so I said, well, tell me your story. So tell me what's going on. And uh, I, I did the less than pastoral thing. I didn't handle it all myself. I reached out to one of our incredible Compassion 361 workers, and I said, here's this family, they need housing, they need food, can you help them? And that team member said yes, and took care of it entirely. I told her, I'll do this in the future, I won't dump that on you. But it it was for, Melissa and I, we were kind of shaken, I'm, no exaggeration. We left and went to our place where we were eating, and we were both teared up, like, man, we just felt like we ran smack dab face-to-face with Something the voice of Jesus was asking us to do together. It was special. And I don't know how you do it hearing God's voice, but I do know it is an area for growth. It is an area for all of us to grow in. And I want to answer that question today. How do we grow in hearing God's voice? And how many of you had parents or grandparents as kids that whenever you came home or for special occasions, holidays, you always wanted to measure up against the wall to see if you were growing personally? Did you guys have those little markers in your kitchen or at your grandparents' house where everyone's trying to find out, hey, are you growing? Are you getting taller? And you remember as a kid, getting taller was really important. In fact, I've marked a couple of benchmarks for height I wanted to talk about today. Getting taller was critical because you know that if you're not 40 inches tall, you were not getting in the, uh, the dwarf's... Um, train park in Disneyland. It's not happening. You've got to be at least this tall. If you don't grow to 42 inches, you don't get into uh, the Great Escape ride at Disneyland, right? It's, if you're not growing, you're not getting to enjoy some of the fun rides. If you don't get to this height, I think it's 44 inches. What's that really fun ride at Disneyland, you know, where you feel like you're in space. You don't get into Space Mountain. And I want to suggest that if you're not growing in hearing from God, there are, there are opportunities that you're going to miss out on, for real. In fact, you may be listening to voices that are, can be very disabling, voices like your own insecurity, voices from culture that tell you this is right, this is wrong, and you listen to those voices and hear in for a ride, a real ride. <laughs> Or voices that come from expectations of others that they put on you. Or voices that are maybe from someone that's kind of a corrosive person. You've got to be listening to the right voices. You want to hear the voice of God. Because you listen to the voice of God, you get opportunity. Uh, You get opportunity like you get to be on the train land speedway of Disneyland, or if you like Six Flags Magic Mountain, and you're 54 inches tall, you get to be on Batman. Has anyone done Batman Six Flags? Uh, that's a fun ride. That's a fun ride. That's a fun ride. Uh, you, if you really, really grow, you get to be uh, five nine. Am I five nine? It's the green line. Okay, keep that to yourself. Some of you answered. I wasn't asking for. It was rhetorical. This is uh, five nine is Isaiah Thomas. He's doing pretty well, isn't he? Celtic, not anymore, is he? He's Cleveland now, right? Uh, this is the 5'8 to 6'1 zone. This is what it takes to be a female model. This is the uh, the zone of what it takes to be a male model, 5'10 uh, to 6'2. 5'9 is the same height as Robert Downey Jr. 5'8 is the same height as Jennifer Lawrence. Um, and then uh, this is uh, Kevin Durant. Kind of incidental here, but the, the question is, are you growing in your ability to hear from God? That's really what I'm after today. Are you learning to hear from God? True story that I learned this week by an area sacramentan. His name is Johnny Schorner. He's a lender to auto dealers. So he lends money to auto dealers so that they can buy, fill their parking lot with cars and their showrooms with cars and then turn around and uh, lend us money to buy those cars. So he's in a good place. He has a good job, evidently here in the Sacramento area. Johnny was invited to relocate from Northern California to Southern California by his company. They said, "Hey, why don't you come down here and uh, work for us, and we'll give you a raise and put you in Southern California." Well, he said, "No, thanks for the offer. I really like where I live here in NorCal." Yes, and they counteroffered five times. Total of five times, five offers. Five offers, Southern California, relocate, right? How many of you are like, uh, I'm in, let's go, right? He said, no, it's time. And then he said, true story that was shared at a recent men's retreat. He said, I wish you'd stop offering because I'm really connected to my home church. How many of us would would make a decision to be in proximity to where God was speaking to us personally and our family over a relocation that meant a substantial pay increase, substantial retirement opportunity, and cooler weather sometimes. That's tough. And so this morning, I want to talk about how we grow in hearing the voice of God because I actually believe, no exaggeration here, if you are making decisions based on, like Melissa mentioned, your own feelings, you're making decisions based on other people's expectations. You're making decisions based on comparison, or what the culture's telling you, or uh, or whatever, <laughs> your own insecurities. You could make decisions that take you out of the promised land for the life that you can experience. Really, they can be just they can take you a completely different direction. And you don't get to move forward in, you know, Dwarf Park and Space Mountain and Batman. You kind of are limited. And so wouldn't you want to know if there are some real examples of what it means to hear the voice of God? Wouldn't you want to know what those are? I mean, wouldn't you want to be, get better at hearing from God? The kind of the question I'm asking is, how do we grow in hearing the voice of God amidst all the noise of culture, of life. I'm going to tell you today. Let's let's look through this. If you brought your Bibles this morning, open to, I think, one of the best examples of someone that was hearing from God. Open to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. A guy who was hearing from God beautifully. And what I want you to leave with, if you remember anything today, is this idea. Want to hear the voice of God when you don't want to. Because this voice is the hope of your heart. A lot of the characters in the narrative I'm going to read were surprised by God's voice. And sometimes he asked them to do things that was that took guts. I want you to hear that voice today. The first thing I want to just point out before I read is that we have a talkative God. Robert Morris says, hey, God still speaks. He spoke to the biblical patriarchs. He spoke to the New Testament writers. And he hasn't gained laryngitis. He still speaks. And he speaks through his word. He speaks in a variety of ways. God spoke to us, to to the patriarchs that way and he still speaks to us today he spoke then he still speaks today how do we then really attract the voice of god it has everything to do with our position our position let's read in first samuel chapter 3 here it is the boy samuel ministered before the lord under eli samuel is this young young boy we'll talk about eli was the high priest And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. People were not hearing from God. Perhaps their arrogance, perhaps their uh, self-absorption, their cynicism. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, can any of you relate, was lying down in his usual place, very near the, uh, the temple. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. That would be the the menorah in the holy place had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Now, I don't think he was in the, right next to the ark of God that was in that 10 by 10 cubic space, the whole, most holy place. He would have been in the holy place, not a bad place to sleep. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. Now, it's interesting, this, this response, Here I am, its original Hebrew kind of parsing is another way of saying, "Here I am; I am completely surrendered to you. I am completely surrendered to you." This will be a call to action today. Maybe it's a prayer for you to pray as you look to hear God's voices. Here I am. He's aligning. Samuel is aligning himself with some of the patriarchs of the Bible, with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, with the the, the with Joshua. step and attracting God is this kind of humility that he had. Here I am, Lord. You speak. Samuel had this at a very young age. He had humility, the right posture. And if you look at this picture, you can see he was dedicated to God after his mother's faithful prayer and vow. He was dedicated to God at the temple, and he would have been probably the youngest person there because his mother, Hannah, dedicated him at the age of three to five years old. Can you imagine he went to Jerusalem at age three to five, was let go and entrusted with Eli, the high priest, and was surrounded by thousands of other workers. And it wasn't an easy place to be because Eli, who was getting older, he's probably in his 60s, uh, that's getting older, uh, he, he was in a difficult place in life. His sons were completely uh, an abomination to God, his two sons. They were doing terrible things using their power for their own selfish gain and a lot of immorality. And Eli's big mistake when his sons were growing up is he never restrained them. He never chose a fear of God over his relationship with his sons. It's a critical decision we all, all, all have to make uh, to say, hey, <laughs> as free of my house, we're going to serve the Lord first. And so he never came down on his sons, and as a result, God promised to judge him, and that'll come up in this text. So God literally sent Samuel, this young kid, who'd already developed this attitude, here am I. Um, Probably, I'm guessing he's probably closer to 12 or 13 when he hears from God. I could be wrong. I, I just think there's a lot of parallels between his development and Jesus' development. It's interesting. Samuel was ministering before the Lord humbly. Ministering is serving, and I just wanted to pause and say, hey, if you're a Christian, you, you, you want to be, have it said of you that you're a servant, okay? You want that to be said of you, that you're a servant. He was ministering before the Lord, a boy wearing a linen ephod. Can you imagine it? A little cute outfit he had on his uniform. Each year, his mother made him a little robe and took it to him. He served in humility. And I got to tell you, I came here this morning uh, fairly early, 7 or 7.30, 35. It was awesome to see so many workers here making the coffee. Appreciate the pennies doing that. And the fullers getting the greeting area ready. And children's workers showing. Uh, and greeters. I saw John here early, John West, getting ready. We are called to be servants. And he had the humility to do that. He was serving early. If you're serving, you're going to be in a position to hear from God. In fact, I like what one of my friends said about serving. He said this, if you're not serving, kind of like in volleyball, old school rules, you don't get the point. <laughs> We're servants. Okay? He he was serving. Jesus said the Son of Man didn't come to be served but to serve and offer his life as a ransom for many. We're servants. He not only was hearing God because he was, in, he was in humility, he was in proximity, he was in the right place. And what we learn is that Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ears of the lost ark, the ark, remember? He is, he is meters away from it. He's sleeping in the most holy place more than likely, and uh, he's where he's supposed to be. And let me just pause and say you hear God's voice. We hear God's voice when we're where we're supposed to be. And sometimes there's temptation to move away from where you're supposed to be. It's like, eh, we don't need that. You get familiar with it. Oh, I don't need to be at that Bible study. I don't, need, I don't need to be at church this week. Let me tell you, it's a lot easier to say no to church and Bible study than it ever has been. Isn't it? So many distractions. And the more you move away from where you're supposed to be, the more you're going to you're gonna. You're not going to hear his voice, and there's that can be scary. Where Where is Jesus today? If you wanted straight up, let me. If you wanted to experience Jesus personally today, where would you experience him? Uh, let me tell you a few things. One is the Ark of God can be dis- experienced in the Bible. This is our Ark to some degree. Okay, this is our Ark. This is where we hear from God in His Word. But I would say also our ark is what Jesus said. Jesus said this, where, where two or more are gathered in my name, what does he say? I'm there. And so a, a, a uh, moving yourself away in proximity to groups, to Bible studies, it's not that you just don't want to be with people. It's that you're actually moving yourself away from the proximity of hearing from Jesus. An unwillingness to develop relationships with other Christ followers, it's not just that you're not a people person. (laughs) You're removing yourself from hearing from Jesus. It's critical if you want to hear from Jesus to be in relationship with Christians. Thirdly, frequency was an issue. Frequency. And his mother really modeled this. His mother and her husband, Elkanah, year after year, whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her Rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow to God. What really impressed me about Samuel's mother is that she was consistently and frequently in worship to God. When there's a consistency and frequency of proximity in your life, you're going to hear from the voice. You're going to hear more and more. It's going to become increasingly clear. I was really inspired this week by a family uh, that gave me uh, permission to share how they have heard from the Lord. It's the Yamba'o family. I think that, uh, that Ray is, is uh, away this weekend on the men's retreat, but what they shared was this. Ray and I both had relationships with God before we met and married, but like any marriage, there are highs and lows, right? And it seemed we were experiencing a lot more lows. It was a terrible time for us in our marriage when a neighbor invited us to a small group. That small group was an answered prayer. For me, the small group didn't erase our problems, but it did give me understanding, hope, restored faith, and and great friendships in Christ, and the ability to keep walking through tough times. It brought us to Adventure Church, and we are in another small group that is as amazing as our first. We are so thankful for Adventurous Small Groups as they were our saving grace. Attracting the voice of God means moving in proximity to where he's speaking. The question I'm asking is, how do we attract the voice of God? Here it is. Be where the voice can be heard daily or weekly. Be there. Be present. And, you know, I was thinking, maybe some of you might be getting invitations to be in groups. We've been promoting them here. If you haven't taken that step, go sign up. Today, circle up in a group. Go sign up at the registration desk. But you may be getting invitations at work or in your own neighborhood to join a group of some sort. Boy, I want to encourage you. If it's going to move you closer in proximity to hearing from God, do that. Accept it. It makes a huge difference. That's how you start to hear the voice of God. You begin to attract it. Anthony, I'm going to ask your help. Would you take me forward to this soccer video? in Germany hold it just for a second hold it just for a second in Germany there's a soccer team that uh, had gone seven consecutive games without scoring at all and uh, its fan base started to help out they were trying to direct the players to where the goal was and, and I want you to see this because part of hearing God is knowing what the goal is show, show this Anthony they've gone seven games without scoring and their fan base was bothered enough they thought it's important we need to start reminding our players where the goal is so you'll see right now they're right at the goal and you'll see a move here shortly (laughs) isn't that awesome Here's the deal. Sometimes we need a real directive on knowing where the goal is in our Christian faith, right? I mean, just a real clear, commanding scripture that says, this is the goal, this is not the goal. And I want to walk you through some tools that I think can really help you in discerning uh, the voice. Here's Samuel's experience. The Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. There's that I'm completely surrendered to you. It's a great little prayer to incorporate. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. You know, it's probably late at night and uh, Eli's 50-something. He probably had to get up, go to the bathroom. I'm just guessing if you're 50, you'll understand that. Uh, So he went up and he lay down. Again, the Lord said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli again and said, here I am. You called me. He said, my son. Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Let me just pause there. Let me just get Samuel had been raised in the scriptures. Just like any kid. You're raised learning the Torah through age five. Uh, memorizing the Torah actually through age five. Then from ages five to 13. He's learning all the commentators. Uh, known the Lord personally. That's different. That's a here I am. That's, that's, that's learning to hear the voice of God. It's a personal relationship with God through Jesus. He hadn't experienced that yet. So um, a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy, so Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say this, speak, Lord, for your servant listens. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Consider incorporating that as well. Speak, Lord, your servant listens. That's the goal. That's the goal. Here's a filter that I will will elaborate on next week, but here's a filter for you to use in hearing from God. The first is this. Is this prompting truly from God? You get an idea. Maybe it's it's an expectation from somebody else, or maybe it's somebody else's uh, thinking. You hear it, and you're like, is that truly from the Lord? And I just want to tell you, it's appropriate to simply ask orally, God, is that from you? Is that from you? Should I really try out for the Sacramento Kings? Is that from you? Or am I delusional, right? God, should I, you know, whatever. You, you ask him, God, is this from you? Nothing wrong with asking. You might not get a, you know, a real clear spot. But I want to say all five of these work together. They harmonize. And I hope we'll post this on Facebook this week. Secondly, is it scriptural? If the Bible if the Bible says, hey, don't steal, then that means, hey, stealing your neighbor's car, it's not an option. Because the Bible's really clear. Don't steal. Don't steal. Be content with what you have, right? When the scriptures are very clear, it's a no-brainer. You should be willing to say, hey, that's what the Bible says. But what happens is our feelings get involved, and we can make some mistakes, right? So... I'm not, I'm not tempted to steal my neighbor's car. It's not been an issue, unless it's a Land Rover. So number three is, is it wise? Is it wise? Common sense. If you're, if you're considering running up your credit card to do a nice international trip for the month of November for, uh, for a little getaway, you don't need the Bible to tell you, don't spend $10,000 you don't have, okay? Okay. It's not wise. The Bible is, embraces wisdom throughout the Bible. We're told not to get in debt. Don't be a, don't be a uh, debtor. Number four, is it in tune with your character? And what this speaks to is we're all on our own trajectory, our own pathway, and it, it wouldn't be consistent with Scripture or the Lord's leading for Him to lead you in a completely different direction. Uh, it'd be like me saying, hey, you know what, um, I've enjoyed being a pastor, but I, re- I want to get back into, you know, classical ballet dancing. It's not going to be, that's not cool, okay? Uh, you're not going to, that's not going to happen. It's very unusual for God to lead like that. When he does, he gives lots of other evidences. And then lastly is this, what do people you most trust think about? it? So if you go to people who are, have a history of God-honoring lifestyles, uh, people that have a a, a legacy of good decision-making, and you run your scenario by them, they're going to they're gonna tell you with a fear of the Lord what they think's right. And a lot of times when we don't want to hear from God, what do we do? We don't want to be around those kind of people, right? We don't want to hear from them. We don't want their opinion, right? That's a good sign. When people start pulling back from God-fearing people, it means they don't want to hear from God. How do you discern God's voice. We'll talk more about this next week. But these are some ways that I think can really help. Now, one tool we've given you that go along with these sermons is this daily devotion that'll be text to you. How many of you have been doing these? Anybody? Raise your hand high. I want to see. Have, you, have they been good? Have you enjoyed them? So I want to encourage you, if you want to receive a daily devotion, if Bible reading is, doesn't, is harder for you, this is a great tool. Just text, refuel, put that in the message to that number, 56316, and uh, you'll get a daily devotion. I am personally really enjoying the YouVersion app. I love playing the audio on that while I'm uh, journaling or something every morning. That's been really fun, or even while I'm driving. um, It's been a great tool. I get to hear from God. So we've said, how do we hear the voice of God? We attract the voice of God with humility, with proximity, with frequency. How do we hear the voice of God? We, we become more discerning about his voice by using a filter. And uh, we know how he's speaking to us because what he's saying to us harmonizes with what our godly friends are saying and what the Bible's saying. And here's a tool to help you with that, finally. How do we move forward in obeying the voice of God? Here's the deal. Every act of obedience opens up your ears more to hear better and with more clarity. When I'm disobeying or I'm not living in a God-honoring way, I don't hear as well. But when I'm obeying, I hear much better. And it's, there's a whole lot more clarity for me. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke about his family from beginning to end. Now, this is brutal, and I think it's interesting that God was willing to tell Samuel, young Samuel, 12 to 20 years old, really some um, mature information about what he was about to do. He tells him that, and uh, he responds. Now, let's pause this just for a second, Anthony. The question I have before I share this story is, some, or kind of the thought is that sometimes we're afraid of hearing from God. It's like, what's he going to say? What, what's going to happen? What's he going to say to me? And I thought that this story of this 30-something mom who had never heard the voice of her son was pretty significant. It actually intimidated her. She was actually scared to hear the voice of her son. Let's roll this going to leave here soon to go meet her son and hear his voice for the first time. I still haven't spoken to my youngest son, and so I'm looking forward to hearing him. She never heard my voice. I'm just really excited that she could finally hear. I'm nervous. I'm hopeful, but I'm also afraid. I guess I still have that fear of I'm not going to hear him. Hey, Mom, could you hear me? Yes. Now you can talk and I can hear you. I love you. I you too. Are you happy that I can hear you? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? What would hearing God's voice be like? I mean, what is it really like to hear his voice? And I want to tell you, I think it'll surprise you. It's a gracious voice. I read this morning in the Psalms, the Lord desires to be gracious to us. it's a generous voice it's not a condemning voice it's a generous voice um, let me let me pause though and say, the longer you go with not wanting to hear his voice <laughs> the more you separate yourself from hearing His voice, the less you're going to want to hear it, and the more difficult it might be to Listen. That's why the scriptures say this. James, Jesus' brother say this. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There's a drawing. You've got to make the choice to, hey, I want to attract the voice of God. I want to discern the voice of God. I want to I want to obey the voice of God. I want to. And when you do that, you're going to have, I think some delightful delightful experiences but to 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 disobey god is going to be create hardship in your life peter wrote this it's one of my favorite bible verses let him who wishes to love life and see good days keep his tongue from evil and his speech from speaking lies seek good and pursue it for god is attentive to the prayer of the righteous but he's uh, his face is against the wicked (laughs) i want him to hear don't you I don't want to be distracted. So when God's, God's voice often means inconvenience, okay? Not to be a downer here, but when God spoke to Moses, Moses said, hey, send him, send my brother, I'm not interested. When God said to Gideon, go uh, represent me, Gideon said, who me, are you sure? He tested him three times. When God said to Saul, the first king of Israel, hey, you're going to be the king, Saul said, I'm going to hide, I'm not interested. When Saul said to Jonah, Jonah, you're going to go to Nineveh, Nineveh said, said, Jonah said, I'm not, and he ran away. And then finally, when God said, Ananias, you're going to go to a terrorist and tell him about me. His name's Saul. Ananias said, "Uh, you're kidding, right? So that's why I say, want to hear the voice of God when you don't want to, because it's this voice that's the true hope of your heart. Want to hear it. Now, here's kind of where we land. This, for the guts to obey, I want to encourage you to start praying, here I am. Your serv- speak, Lord, your servant listens. If that's the only thing you do this week, that's a huge win. Say it with me. Here I am. Speak for your servant listens. Because he'll speak to you. That's the only thing you do this week. Huge win for you. Okay. Because he'll speak to you. You'll hear. You'll start to distinguish his voice from your insecurities or his voice from others' expectations. Or be there. Be there. Secondly, be where God's voice can be heard daily and weekly. Be there. Be there. Finally, grow in using the filter to discern God's voice. Because here's the deal. If we're not growing, I don't think we get opportunities. I don't think we get opportunities. We end up having to get disqualified for Batman, and now we got to hang out in Dwarfland. land. Cuh? And so hearing is just critical. You know, in a recent film has gotten a lot of attention. I'll close with this. It's about, it's about First Officer, Private First Officer Desmond Doss, World War II pacifist who wanted to serve his country but did not want to use a firearm. How many of you have seen this film, Hacksaw Ridge? He did not want to use a firearm. He was, he was given a Congressional Medal of Honor eventually, but it didn't go without a lot of hardship. He had to face a lot of brutality amongst his own fellow soldiers because of his unwillingness to use a firearm. And do you know that he had a prayer? He prayed frequently. Some of you may have heard it from the film. "Lord, please give me one more. One more. Give me one more." It was his prayer. Do you know at the very challenging battle of Okinawa, do you know that he was responsible for rescuing the lives of 75 soldiers? One battle, 75. In one evening, I believe. Double check me on that. And what he would say, and it's captured in the film, every time he got to a soldier, he would say this, I got you. I got you. And I think that very phrase is a phrase we hear and can hear when we hear the voice of God. We hear Jesus who suffered a substitutionary death on the cross for us to pay for all of our sins so we could have a relationship with his father. We hear Jesus say, I got you. When's the last time you heard the voice of God?